0: Night falls on the day of Jesus' execution and his body remains in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb for all of the following day, while his friends and family grieve his untimely and brutal death. Around 36 hours after Jesus is laid to rest, the Bible's single most miraculous event since the creation of the world takes place. Having been officially declared dead, Jesus comes back to life, rolls the giant stone that blocks the tomb to one side and appears to mary magdalene my name is Chaz bayfield and this is holy bible easter special part two the comeback welcome back to this part two of the holy bible easter special For those of you new to this podcast, we're on a slow, religion-free journey through the entire Bible, a kind of secular walk through a sacred text. This may be confronting to some religious people, but my belief is that the Bible belongs to everyone, not just you. As for me, I'm an advertising creative director who is fascinated at how influential this one book has been on Western art, culture, and everyday life but I know that many of you flinch at the thought of opening an actual Bible. My podcast hopefully opens the book up to you and allows you to make your own decisions as to whether any of it is still relevant in the 21st century. With that, let's head back to Golgotha, where, if the four Gospel writers are to be believed, supernatural events have just begun to unfold. Jesus pushes the rock seal to his tomb aside like it is a swing door, the duty guards are justifiably terrified. They shake and appear to faint with fear, leaving the way clear for the women who have just arrived to dress the body to encounter a living, breathing Jesus instead of a corpse. Once they have recovered their composure, the guards hurry into Jerusalem where the chief priests need to think on their feet. Instead of killing the men for failing to do their job, they offer them a large sum of money to spin a different story. The disciples came in the night and stole the body. According to Matthew's Gospel, this is the story still circulated by the Jews, although how it is credible that guards could sleep through an episode of major tomb raiding is unclear. Nor is it known where the Jewish elders believed the disciples hid the body, or why there was no subsequent trial for grave robbing. In God's upside-down world the newly risen Jesus doesn't reveal himself at the temple to priests or in palaces to kings. After the men who followed him during his lifetime have fled it is left to Jesus' female followers to witness his death, burial and miraculous reappearance. The biographies of Jesus that form the four Gospels each have a different account of women arriving at the tomb of Jesus and finding it empty. This is hugely countercultural given the second class status of women in New Testament times, but women play a hugely important role in looking after Jesus and his disciples. Among his followers are Mary Magdalene, Susanna, and Joanna, who have followed him since he was in Galilee, and who not only offer the men valuable financial support, but also remain loyal to the very last. They then set off in darkness to reach the tomb by sunrise on the Sunday morning, just as Sabbath ends. Mary Magdalene, Mary of Clopas and Salome, possibly accompanied by other women, have an optimistic plan of anointing Jesus' body, despite the tomb having been hermetically sealed. They know where to go as two of them witness Jesus' body being placed here by Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea and return with spices and perfumes to anoint the body. Jesus was buried in too much of a hurry for this to be done properly on the Friday. When they arrive, there is an earth tremor, possibly an aftershock from the quake that occurs during Jesus' crucifixion two days earlier. In one account, the disturbance causes the rock that covers the entrance of the tomb to roll away, and, to their surprise, the women see that the tomb is empty. As a brand new tomb, there would be no prior burial remains here, but alarmingly, there is also no Jesus. Next, they are confronted by an angel sitting on the rock that once blocked the tomb, who tells them that Jesus is no longer there. The women are instructed to tell the disciples that Jesus will meet them all back in Galilee, and as they make their way back home, they actually meet Jesus in the flesh. While they fall at his feet in disbelief, he reminds them of their mission to tell his followers that he has come back to life. Luke's account has Mary Magdalene, Mary Clopas and Joanna meeting two angels who advise them not to look for the living among the dead. The angels remind the women of Jesus' promise shortly before his transfiguration that he will suffer at the hands of the Jewish leadership, be killed and then rise again three days later. Realising that this must be what has happened, they run off to tell the disciples what they have just seen. The men don't believe a word of it until Peter runs to the tomb himself and sees the linen grave clothes but no Jesus. John's Gospel has Mary Magdalene finding the tomb empty then running back to fetch Peter and John who then find the linen that Jesus' body was wrapped in. In this account Mary remains outside the tomb crying while a man comforts her. Too distraught to think straight and believing the man to be a groundsman she tells him that Jesus' body has gone missing at which point he calls her by name and she realises that he is Jesus. Possibly because she is clinging to his feet, he tells her not to hold on to him as he needs to ascend to heaven to be with God. Instead, she should go back to the disciples and tell them that this is his plan. Overjoyed, she runs to the house where the eleven men are staying to tell them the news. The fact that there are three different eyewitness accounts of the first sighting of Jesus has given atheists a field day. However, most eyewitnesses to an event have different testimonies and any court that hears multiple witness statements that are identical might assume that the witnesses have agreed on their story beforehand. Furthermore, in New Testament times, a woman's testimony is not worth the paper it is written on or the breath used to speak it. It is unusual then that all the accounts of Jesus' resurrection have him appearing to women and not men. Christians find this hugely encouraging. In the same way that no fictional leader would have two disciples with the same name, two Jameses, this leader would not show himself to women who risk not being believed when they share the news with others, particularly not women who all appear to be called Mary. Yet again, it appears that God favours the lower and the less, a message of hope that has ensured Christianity's popularity with millions who identify with not being at the centre of power. The resurrection at the heart of Easter is the pivotal moment in the New Testament, if not the whole Bible. If Jesus' teaching and miracles aren't enough to persuade the people that he is the Son of God, his resurrection should drive that point home. This is the moment that the Kingdom of God, spoken about many times by Jesus and promised by many of the Old Testament prophets, kicks into action. This is the money shot for Paul and the writer of Hebrews. It's not enough for Jesus to simply die as a one-off sacrifice to write off all of humanity's wrongs. He has to come back from the dead and remain an ongoing channel that is permanently accessible for believers who want to turn their lives around. Even so, the resurrection has proven a major sticking point for would-be believers who find a man coming back to life after an ordeal like this just a bit too unbelievable. And it is for this reason that a leap of faith is required in order to be a Christian. For many, though, the inability of the Jewish and Roman authorities to produce the body of Jesus to prove that he is in fact still dead, despite having now had around two millennia in which to do so, seems a good enough reason to believe. The Easter story doesn't end here. According to the Bible accounts, Jesus makes multiple appearances to friends and followers picks Peter to lead and organise the remaining believers and orders his disciples to tell people from all nations about him and his teachings. The men clearly carry out their instructions pretty effectively as there are few parts of the world today where people haven't heard the message of Christianity. Holy Bible is written and produced by me, Chas Bayfield, with music by Michael Old and John Hawkins Music. Cover art is by Lisa Goff. Feel free to follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Just search Holy Bible. That's W-H-O-L-L-Y-B-U-Y-A-B-L-E. And if you like what you're hearing, feel free to give us a five-star review wherever you're listening. Thank you.